0: This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on v the sports betting network.
4: It's a great day to be alive and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the v studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is My Guys in the Desert. No, I am not Stormy Bonatoni. I am Femi Bebefe filling in as I have been all week long. But we're going to have some fun here On this Friday, over the next 60 minutes, we want to hear from you guys. So make sure to tweet at the show, at Live on Twitter, at Femia Bebefe is where you can find me. Three guests on the show this afternoon. Dave Ross, VEASAN host and host of the First Strike Podcast, joining us in a matter of minutes as we break down all things UFC 278 over in Salt Lake City, the Kamaru Usman Leon Edwards main event out there in Utah. Then in 15 minutes, Adam Burke, Vesen, betting analyst and writer to talk all things football, college and NFL for two segments with Adam. Then we'll close things out with Chris Andrews, the sportsbook director over at the South Point Hotel and Casino. See what he's been seeing behind the window with all these preseason games with a full slate kicking off tonight and tomorrow night but first let's get into the top five stories that you need to know as a better starting with the cleveland browns deshaun watson while he was suspended for 11 games it's not necessarily a shoe in that he will return in week number 13 this from the nfl one the decision was announced yesterday of the settlement that watson must comply with a behavioral expert before he can be reinstated quote This settlement requires compliance with a professional evaluation and treatment plan, this according to Roger Goodell. So what exactly does that mean? Well, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, the evaluation and treatment will be handled by a third-party behavioral expert, and if Watson wants to get reinstated, he'll have to comply with any recommendations made by the expert if he doesn't comply. His reinstatement could be delayed, which mean a longer suspension for the Cleveland Bounds quarterback. As of right now, still only a handful of games up in terms of the sides and totals for the Browns over at DraftKings. But like we mentioned, Watson has to comply if he wants to get back onto the field. The number two story that you need to know as a better last night's Thursday night football game between the Chicago Bears and the Seattle Seahawks. The Bears win that game 27 to 11. How about the sweat? for the under in that game. The total is 38 and a half. The Bears with the nice stand there near the goal line at the north end zone as they get that one to go under the total. Justin Fields in one series in this game, five of seven, 39 yards, no touchdown, no interception. The Seahawks offense really struggled double digit punts from the offense geno smith getting the start in that game 10 of 18 112 yards no tds no interceptions we actually saw trevor simeon throw a touchdown pass 8 of 15 for 48 yards and a touchdown the bears win the game outright as three and a half point dogs that game closing up in the pacific northwest the number three story that you need to know is that the carolina panthers are going to be starting not baker mayfield not sam Darnold, but pj walker this afternoon against the new england patriots it'll be pj walker starting this 2nd preseason game according to head coach matt rule both donald and mayfield got extensive time in the joint practice with the new england patriots earlier this week and according to espn's jeremy fowler it'll be walker and then rookie matt corral alternating the quarters here for the carolina panthers right now that line sits at patriots minus five and a half over at draftkings the total sitting at 40 also we have some other preseason games going on tonight as well saints at the packers green bay right now a two and a half point favorite total of 37 and a half then the houston texans laying two and a half on the road in los angeles against the rams and then the final story that you need to know is that the indianapolis colts might be changing philosophy on the offensive side of the ball michael pittman is supposed to see quite a bit of targets this year, according to The Athletics, Zach Kiefer, quote, this could be primed to break out for Michael Pittman in 2022. He has looked dominant throughout training camp as the alpha wide receiver. But on the same hand, maybe they scale things back with Jonathan Taylor because Frank Reich says that, quote, we don't want to use him as much as we did. We would not, we don't want him to be leading the league in attempts and touches. So maybe a little bit of Naheem Hines for this Indianapolis Colts team. Taylor's rushing yards and receiving prop. 1,750 and a half yards. The rushing yards, 1,450 and a half, 12 and a half. The rushing touchdowns. Taylor is the favorite to an offensive player of the year over at DraftKings at 10 to one. All right. Those are the top five stories that you need to know as a better here on this Friday. And joining us now, is our guy, Dave Ross, VEASAN host and host of the first strike
5: podcast. Dave, we appreciate
4: the time hanging out here of course. on a Friday for
5: you. Femi, Buddy. anything. By the way, mm-hmm. when I see that story with Indianapolis, mm-hmm. That makes me want to bet the Commanders under. It's like they didn't trust Carson Wentz to throw it to Pittman, <laughs> but they're going to trust Matty Ice to do it. Yeah, we'll see what
4: happens with this Indianapolis <laughs> Colts team. I'm high on them, but yeah. uh, it might be scary for the people that are drafting Jonathan Taylor number one overall in their fantasy drafts, that's for sure. But let's talk a little about yeah. the octagon here. UFC 278, you just got done taping the First Strike podcast. Mm-hmm. Make sure to get that wherever you get your podcast. Packed with a lot of great information here. And let's start off with this main event. Kamaru Usman, Leon Edwards here in that division what is the kind of handicap when you look at these two fights, and how are you
5: planning to attack this from a betting perspective? First of all, you're almost rocking the same green that Kamaru Usman did <laughs> I yesterday. Tried. I tried. which was man. a fantastic look. He didn't have an undershirt with his green <laughs> yeah. suit. I can't pull it off I, like Kamaru I, I, Usman. Neither can, can I. <laughs> <laughs> but I look at it. I, mean, I look at ways to win the fight, right? Mm-hmm. And clearly, Kamaru Usman has more pathways to victory. He is now. I don't know that it's debatable to say he's the greatest, uh, you know, welterweight of all time, but is he now just one of the best pound for pound fighters in any weight class in the history of the UFC? That's the rarefied air that Kamaru Usman is getting to now. So I never doubt his work ethic. He looked great in the scale. He always does. Right. This guy has been underlooked, I would say, or overlooked rather, and underappreciated early in his UFC career. That's not the case anymore. Now, Leon Edwards has not lost since they fought seven years ago back in 2015. Mm-hmm. And Leon Edwards, his left hand is like a tripwire, and the enemy seems to fall into that often, right? And the enemy here, Kamaru Usman, he's got to be on the lookout for that one key punch that Leon can do. So if he can keep the distance, and that's Edwards, and use the takedown defense, which has gotten a lot better in the last seven years, mm-hmm. he's gone undefeated since that loss to Kamaru, and the fight stays standing, then I think we have a live dog scenario. The problem Ooh. is... Usman's hands have gotten so much better. I.E. Gilbert Burns, second round TKO. Yeah. Uh, the, the knockout heard around the MMA world when he stopped Jorge Masvidal, the way he did in that style with that right hand, nobody had ever done that to Masvidal. So there's more ways for Kamaru Usman to win. So I think a safer play, if you want to bet Usman is that it goes the distance and he wins via a decision, which could be minus $1. ten. I think this one will hit the cards. I'm going to play the over four and a half and play it to go the distance. Mm-hmm. But It is a live dog. This is a little bit mispriced to me, and I wouldn't lay the big number with Usman. I'd lay him by decision, because I don't know that he'll get a stoppage. He can with Mm -hmm. the hands, and he can if he gets him down to the ground and utilizes that wrestling. But I think Edwards' hands are so good. His defense has gotten so much better that it's going to take a while to get into this fight. I think it definitely gets in the championship rounds. And I do think it goes the decision. That's the sef- safer way for me to play it. You'd be laying a lot of
4: lumber if you laid it with Kamaru Usman. Minus 360. So he's a prohibitive that. favorite. And in, in, a, in a sport where one punch and it could be over, uh, that is a lot. And it's a sweaty, sweaty uh, finish there. Leon Edwards plus 295 in this welterweight title bout. So you like Usman The fight to go to the distance. At minus 140, you said? I, I would do just the distance just and not the distance.
5: pick the winner. Okay. Right? That's the, the safe way to me because yeah. I do think we have a live dog scenario with Leon Edwards because, yes. again, if he can – and it's a big if, people, but if he can keep the fight standing, even though Usman has the longer reach, he's got a two-reach reach advantage at 76 inches to 74, mm-hmm. I still think the boxing of Edwards is superior. And for that – and I know Usman respects Edwards's boxing. They call him Rocky. <laughs> so the Birmingham battler there, I think this fight will be primarily a stand-up in, in if that is the case, then I think we have a live dog scenario. Still lean towards Usman overall, but I think it's a little bit mispriced. And that's why, to me, the smarter play is just take the over.
4: I know you're excited about the weight bout as well between Jose Aldo oh, and man. Marab Dalishvili. Uh, Dalishvili right now, the favorite, minus 130. Aldo, plus 110 over at DraftKings. How do you see this one shaking out?
5: Okay, don't want to give it away because uh, thank you for the plug of First Strike. But listening yes. to our experts, <laughs> I love it when I kind of align myself with them. Mm-hmm. And Jose Aldo to me, look, the king of Rio. He's great, been around, big, man. He has. And he arguably the greatest featherweight we'd ever seen at 145 until Conor, Conor McGregor shook up the MMA world uh, almost a decade ago. Now he moves down to Bantamweight. He's won his last three in the Bantamweight division. And look who he's beaten. He's beaten a who's who, a really good competition mm-hmm. in the Bantamweight division. I think Jose looks at this fight and says, this is my last pathway to another title. If I'm going to get a title shot in the Bantamweight division, I got to beat Marab. Now, Delishvili is a great catch wrestler. Like he's, you think of a guy throwing a trident or a net on your opponent. He just kind of smothers his opponent inside the octagon and tries to make it a real dirty fight, get okay. you up against the cage, try to get the takedowns. That's the way Mirab wins. I think this fight's gonna hit the cards too. Make no mistake, the people in Salt Lake City will be rooting for the King of Rio. <laughs> Sometimes judges get influenced. I think it's a live dog here. I love Aldo. About a plus a dollar ten you're seeing at DraftKings.
4: Yep, we got a couple minutes left here. The middleweight bout, Paulo Costa. And Luke Rockhold, your Costa, the minus 360 favorite Rockhold, plus what,
5: 295. You think this one might be a little bit quick, though? <laughs> I do. And look, these two guys have a very high opinion of one another. Like they both love themselves. I yes. get it. If I look at that good. Did you
4: see Costa at the uh, weigh in there? I mean, he just, The man was. He <laughs> I, was, I was like, is he going to fight or is he going to the club? Right. Where's
5: he, where's he and Luke is basically a model at this stage of his career. Yeah. You know, he retired, now he's back. So they're calling this the UFC, maybe the sexiest middleweight matchup of all time. So I don't know how much these guys want to get dirty, is my point. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think it could be a quick night that somebody rock if he can get the fight down to the ground, maybe a submission. But to me, this is Costa here. It looks like he's laid off the red wine. He looks like he's in great shape. And if so, I mean, Femi, he's a devastating puncher Mm -hmm. in the middleweight division. And Rockhold, let's not forget, got knocked out by Michael Bisping. No disrespect (laughs) to the count. He doesn't quite hit as hard as Costa can do. So a motivated and in-shape Costa showing off his body. I think it's a quick work night. I'm taking the under one and a half. I'll give Rockhold as the former champion the benefit of the doubt that he might be able to get a sub in round one. I don't even think it gets past the first round, but give me the extra two and a half minutes in the second. I'll play the under. Just don't hit the face, right? Yeah, don't, don't touch, <laughs> don't don't touch the don't, moneymaker. Don't touch the moneymaker. We got, <laughs> we got stuff to do after this yeah, fight. Yeah, that's right. We got other things to do besides <laughs> fighting. Anything for you real quick in week two preseason? You know, I really don't like, I like the unders and we, we got the sweaty under last night with mm-hmm. Seattle. I thought that now the books had over adjusted a little bit after all the overs we saw yeah. in week one. So Primarily, I'm looking to unders in week two, maybe even the under in the Cowboy game after what I saw in week one against the Chargers. They look inept. They got to cut down the turnovers. i probably play the Cowboys, the under as well. Don't take the under on the penalties in that Cowboys oh game. I can tell you
4: that right now. No. After 17 of them
5: just against 17? the Denver Broncos. Just
4: 17, Mike? But it's, it's just the preseason, Come so, on, you know, cranking. whatever, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Dave Ross, host of the First Strike Podcast, also a host here on Beason. Great stuff, as always. Adam Burke joining us next year on My Guys in the Desert.
5: You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on v the sports
4: betting network. The v College Football Guide is out now and our NFL Guide drops next week. Our experts provide profiles of every team with team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Remember, the only way... To get access to this year's football betting guides is to become a VEASAN all-access subscriber. Sign up on our discounted football special and get all access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175. Or you can save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the sports betting network. Welcome back. This is my guys in the desert coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi and Bebefe filling in for Stormy Bonetoni, and joining us now in his usual Friday time slot here on my guys, Adam Burke, our VEASAN betting analyst and writer for the website always has a lot of great content on VEASAN.com. Check that out if you have not yet done so. But Adam, you are a resident Northeast Ohio native here. So we got to start, unfortunately, with your Cleveland Browns, Deshaun Watson, the suspension or the settlement, was uh, announced yesterday 11 games a five million dollar fine as a fan I don't know how you feel about it but I'd be curious to learn and also as a better were you surprised at any of the adjustments that the sportsbooks made as well
8: well as a fan you know I was talking to Steph, the producer this morning and I was like you know I've watched a lot of bad football for a very long period of time mm-hmm. and I've stuck it out I've hung on I've <laughs> been a Browns fan Nothing has challenged my Browns fandom more than this entire episode. Yeah. Of, of you know, getting Deshaun Watson and giving him the massive contract and everything that's followed along with it. But in terms of you know on the field here, you know, look, it's it's not a full season, so I guess there's that for the Browns. But at the same time, I mean, in week 13, let's assume Jacoby Brissett looks competent. In week 13, can you just go to Deshaun Watson? I don't really know if you can. So we'll mm-hmm. see how that all plays out. But in terms of the line movement here, uh DraftKings actually kept the Browns win the Super Bowl at 30 to 1. They did adjust their AFC price from 16 to 1 to 20 to 1, move their AFC North price up to 380 plus 380 from mm-hmm. plus 320. And their win total sitting at 8.5 with pretty heavy juice on the under right now at minus 140. Um, look, I mean, Brissett has a very good roster around him, right? Elite running game, pretty good defense, pretty solid offensive line, despite the injury to Nick Harris, which is a concern. But I don't know if this really Changes too much for them. I mean, I, I really don't know if anybody in that facility actually expected six games to stick. So it felt yeah. like they started building in more contingency plans with reps and practice and all that, anyway. Which is interesting because
4: we saw Watson start the preseason game last
8: Friday against Jacksonville, and
4: he looked horrendous, really bad. Which is expected from a guy who hasn't played since 2020. But I mean, it's I just don't understand how they're going to, like you mentioned implement him back into this offense by week 13 there uh, after only getting three weeks of a ramp up period at practice. So with Watson now out and not expected to play in tomorrow night's preseason game against the Eagles, you still like this Cleveland team tomorrow night catching a field goal. Why is that?
8: Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, you know, now they can rally around Jacoby Brissett. Like the, the Watson thing is kind of done and over with. I, I feel like there is mm-hmm. really no reason for his camp to appeal. And I don't think the Players Association would you know, really do anything further themselves. Yeah,
4: and he probably got off easy
8: too. To yeah, be absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> For sure, and and so I, I feel like in this game here this weekend, you know they'll rally around Brissett. Josh Jobs actually played really really well in the first preseason game as they're kind of you know now figuring out their quarterback depth chart. Uh, I just to me I feel like this is a scenario where you know Kevin Stefanski goes all right look, it's all over with now. Now we focus on football. We focus on the season. We focus on getting Brissett as deep into the playbook as we can because now we know he's our guy for at least eleven weeks. Now with that being said. Maybe they could still go out and get Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm, I'm sure that's something that they're still talking about. But I think in this game here specifically, you know, they'll be at home. They'll get a pretty warm reception, I think, from the crowd, uh, especially with Watson not on the field because that's such a polarizing thing. But I, I think they rally here. I think they play well in this game. And like I said, the, the fact that Dobbs played really well. And something else, too, about the preseason, just as a general talking point here, Mm -hmm. quarterbacks that are mobile quarterbacks that can improvise guys that can move around guys that when the play breaks down, they can still get positive gains. We've seen a lot of mobile quarterbacks have success in the play or in the preseason. And I think Dobbs is one of the guys that can do that as well.
4: I think that's a great point to make right there. Adam Burke, VEASAN, betting analyst and writer. So the Browns win total sitting at eight and a half. And we'll get to other teams as well. This is not going to be Cleveland hour, but the win total of eight and a half. (laughs) Would you go over or under on this team uh, in the regular season?
8: You know, I think eight and a half is probably pretty accurate. Um, You know, look, I I don't really know. It's been strange the way they've handled Brissett, as you mentioned. You know, Watson starts the preseason game. Brissett Mm -hmm. doesn't even play in it. Watson's been getting a lot of the first team reps in practice. So we, we don't really know a whole lot about how he fits into this offense right now. I think it's a pretty fair number. Um, You know, Cleveland will, if they want to, have Watson back for their final three AFC North games. And then also that Texans game in week 13 that he's first eligible, the Saints and the Commanders. So, you know, look, I mean, I think that this is a team that can be around that 500 mark when Watson comes back. I don't know if they bring Watson out right away or not, Mm -hmm. but I think eight and a half is, is probably a pretty accurate number now for this team where the first six games are pretty easy. But now they're losing him for the Ravens, the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Bills, the Buccaneers, all teams that could conceivably be in the playoff hunt and should be in the playoff hunt. So that's where it really hurts now. The games that got added on are all against pretty good teams and, you know, three out of those five games on the road as well. That middle stretch looks
4: absolutely rough for our viewing audience Seeing that week seven to week 12. They could lose. I mean, theoretically, all of of them. Absolutely, (laughs) which which would put them in a world of hurt. Let's look at some of tonight's preseason action. We have the Panthers and the Patriots. This line is up to six and a half now in some places. We talked about this to start off the show, how PJ Walker is now going to be the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. It's not going to be Mayfield. It's not going to be Sam Darnold. An interesting decision, in my opinion, but I'm not Matt Rule. What do you make of this game here? Mac Jones, I think, should play a little bit for New England, but still, I don't think we're going to see some high flying attack from New England. Is there maybe value on taking the points with Carolina?
8: Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, I would expect that we see a lower scoring environment this week for the most mm-hmm. part after we had all the overs last week. And, you know, the lower scoring the game, the more important the points become if you want to take the underdog. And, look, I mean, for New England, still questions in terms of offensive play calling you know i mean that was kind of a mess in week one you know as as everybody kind of talked about i don't know if that'll be smoothed out here for week two or not but i think it's just I think it's kind of challenging to expect teams to win by significant margins in the preseason but also it's hard to go against the money in the preseason because a lot of times that's right they get to the information quicker Mm -hmm. they're able to move those lines around and it doesn't take much to move a preseason game but you generally speaking want to be on the side of the line move or at least try to be part of that wave as opposed to going against it. But in this case, I mean, six is a pretty big number for a preseason game.
4: Mike Reese over at ESPN, he covers the Patriots over there. He says that Mac Jones and most of the healthy starters are expected to play per sources. So with Carolina playing, there are twos and threes to start the game off. You see why the full game line is six and a half. Also, the first half line, six and a half as well. So maybe you plug your nose and take Carolina in the first half of the game. That's totaled this low here in green Bay. The saints are taking on the Packers. Both these teams had the joint practice earlier this week, total sitting at 37 and a half green Bay laying two and a half at home.
8: Yeah, this is, I think this is a really tricky one here because you know, Matt LaFleur came out last week. He was very upset that the Packers had to go travel a long way to play a preseason game. <laughs> you can't use that excuse now if they don't look very good. And, and Jordan love really didn't look all that good yeah. uh, in last week's preseason game. So It's a tough one. I mean, I I would have a slight lean towards new Orleans in this game, but you know, again, the preseason is about information gathering. It's about, you know, thinking about who's going to be out there at quarterback in the fourth quarter when your bet is probably being decided. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's some questions for both teams in terms of the depth on the quarterback chart. So, for me, it's a no play. But if I had to do anything, if you were giving me 20 bucks, and I could use your money. Uh, no,
4: nope. uh, 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 <laughs> <then laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> but no, I,
8: I would lean New Orleans in that
4: one. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Despite you ever-
7: your Packers colored <laughs> yeah, out, right? Almost.
4: It's the money green. Hopefully we'll make some money this weekend. <laughs> um, would you ever tease in this situation? Because no. we see
8: some two and a half. You wouldn't tease preseason. I would not tease preseason. Okay. It's a it's a pretty high variance environment mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, so I've seen
4: people discuss some long teasers and they've been cashing for a lot of these under underdogs and all that, but with the lower totals, maybe that's why it's
8: attracted. Yeah. That's why from a mathematical standpoint, you know, if you can take a two and a half point dog up to eight and a half in a game with a low scoring expectation, from a math standpoint, it makes sense from a gameplay standpoint, it's a little bit different because you know, obviously you've got third and fourth stringers out there kind of deciding the late game situations,
4: which, yeah, I mean. They're they're out. They're obviously going all in those guys because they're trying to make rosters. But still, even if you're going all in doesn't mean you're good enough to actually do something good on the field. Uh, We got a minute left. You want to get to this Texans Rams game. Houston laying two and a half on the road. Total 38 and a half. We know that Sean McVay doesn't play any of his guys. We'll probably see Houston with Davis Mills for a little bit here. Um, Anything for you in this contest?
8: Well I mean look I think for the Rams you know the fact that you've got concerns about Matt Stafford's elbow already you know there's some incentive there to to make the second mm-hmm. team look pretty good to kind of figure out you know what you've got with you know, John Wolford and with some of the other backups that you've got yeah. so I think that you know while the Rams don't play anybody and that's why the line has moved you know I still think that they will maybe take this game a little bit more seriously one I do want to mention on Saturday real quick here as we're coming up against the break mm-hmm. San Francisco and Minnesota so Kyle Shanahan said about a week and a half ago 10 days ago that the starters would play in games one and game three, not game two. So that's Mm. why we see Minnesota up to four and a half here in this one. And while that's a fairly sizable number, that's a line move that I I definitely agree with in a game that's on my radar for Saturday night. Yeah,
4: four and a half there, laying it with the Minnesota Vikings against the San Francisco 49ers. That's interesting that Shanahan went about it that way, saying that Trey Lance is not going to play in week two. But – you know, Kyle Shannon wants to go about it his own way. Who am I to, to argue that? Kyle Shannon, a pretty successful head coach. All right, Adam, you're going to stick around for a couple segments. We'll do a little bit more NFL then also some college football as well. Adam, a big part of our college football betting guide, which you should have by now. It's been three weeks already. Get on it. Get a, Become a subscriber here if you want to win at college football. But we'll talk college football on the other side. This is my guys in the desert on VCD Sports Betting Network.
0: You're listening to My Guys of the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network.
4: If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of City Casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are City Casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local City Cast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. This is my guys in the desert coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Bebefe alongside our guy Adam Burke, VEASAN betting analyst and writer over on vison.com hanging out with us for two segments here on a Friday. And we were joking about this during the break here, Adam. This now crazy theory that is starting to maybe get some traction. Tom Brady, we all know that he is – in the middle of his leave of absence from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He took it after August 10th, that practice, and has been gone for a little over a week now. Todd Bowles, the head coach, was asked about it at Media Availability earlier this week, and he was kind of wishy-washy on when Brady might return. Non-committal is the the word that's being used right now, but there is a Reddit user who is now trying to piece <laughs> some things together here. Now, this is if this ends up being true, it's, I mean put Tom Brady on the Mount Rushmore, not a football of of, of the country, uh, but Tom Brady, the Reddit user, has a theory that he might be gone shooting the Fox reality show, The Masked Singer, which I have never seen this show. I know of it. I've never seen it, but Tom Brady agreed to a deal with Fox to be a number one color commentator whenever he decides to hang him up, and the user pretty much is tying the dates together, looked it up online, just the, the gist of everything is that the Massinger Singer is taping this week and is taping next week as well. So theoretically, this could happen if Tom Brady is gone for quote-unquote personal reasons. Adam, your opinion on this crazy theory that might end up being the leave of absence that we're all wondering and maybe he's going to retire. He might just be a mass Singer on Fox.
8: <laughs> I'll say this. It is a phenomenal piece of investigative journalism yes. on Reddit. This is, it's incredible. And the thing of it is, it's crazy enough to possibly be true. And the thing that really ties it together for me is, you know, before Brady, well, I guess after Brady announced he was coming back, it came to light that he was going to be an analyst for Fox. Mm-hmm. Well, as you mentioned, the Masked Singer is on Fox. And also in the past, in season seven, apparently, you know, my favorite season of this show, uh, <laughs> Joe Buck appeared on the show as, as one of the mass Singers. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is just crazy enough, the way that the dates line up, the fact that, I mean, they're very secretive about these kinds of things, about Mm -hmm. who's actually going to be on the show. I think you have to sign NDAs and all kinds of stuff. The Buccaneers are being very, very vague about what's happening here. And the last thing that they want to do is alienate one of the major TV partners for the NFL. So they're not going to let this slip. I I hope this is true. If it's not, it's still a phenomenal story. (laughs) A great, again, piece of investigative journalism. But uh, I hope it's true. I really do.
4: The Bucks are being vague, but they also look a little unbothered as well. So it's almost like they kind of know... All right, he's, right. It's he's eventually coming back. It's not a personal
8: back. situation. Yeah. It's not a family thing. Yeah, I, I hope this is right. And the person discovered that the
4: dates that they were filming, the mass Singer rounds or episodes, whatever they want to call them, July 24th to the 29th, August 2nd through the 9th, and then August 12th through the 20th. That August 12th through the 20th happens to be the same window that Tom Brady has needed this leave of absence because reportedly when it first came out, It was that he was going to return sometime after tomorrow night's preseason game against the Tennessee Titans, which happens to be August 20th. So there's some things here. Now, this could be one big coincidence, but there are some things that are leading us to believe that
8: maybe just maybe Tom Brady is going to be on a mass Singer episode near you. I, again, I love this. And also when you, with reality shows, the thing is, when you are eliminated or whatever else, you can't say anything. You can't say anything. Yeah. And in a lot of cases, they still kind of keep you around to make sure that you don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Like my wife and I watch Top Chef, and they always bring back the eliminated contestants to be sous chefs or diners or whatever the case may be. So you know, even if Brady was removed from the competition or voted off or mm-hmm. whatever it is that they do on this show, he still can't go anywhere. <laughs> I mean, maybe Tom Brady can bend the rules a little bit. I don't know, but... <laughs> do you think he's in the, yeah. the mass Singer sequester house? I, probably, <laughs> yeah. I hope so. Just like jury yeah. duty. He's just, just sequestered
4: just, in a random hotel somewhere. Just skip week one of the Cowboys. Uh, we, we don't need you to <laughs> come back for that one. Come back in week two. Not that I'm uh, invested in that anyways. But let's get back to reality here and deal with what no, we do. Real, it's a reality it, it show. It is, <laughs> yeah, I guess it is, reality. it is reality. But it might not be true. What we do know is true is that the Texas Longhorns have named a starting quarterback and it is Quinn Ewers, the guy that everybody knows, went to Ohio State, uh, didn't play there because he was so young. He skipped his senior year of high school, graduated early. Uh, but now this is his, technically his true freshman year for the Texas Longhorns. He wins the quarterback battle with Hudson Card. What is your season outlook on Texas, a team that has a lot of talent and could have big-time potential, but what we've seen of Texas is that they tend to underperform?
8: Well, one thing I want to say real quick that I thought was interesting was I saw somebody saying on Twitter today and uh, I just kind of saw it in passing, but apparently there was like some sort of meeting or conversation going on and then Steve Sarkeesian just announced that it was Quinn Ewers and it kind of caught everybody by surprise. (laughs) I guess maybe they thought Hudson Card had a chance at at actually getting the job here. But you look for Texas, I mean, I don't think Texas is back. Everybody wants Texas to be back, Mm -hmm. I think, unless you're a fan of some other team in the Big 12. But this is a kid that, didn't really play, practice anything last year with Ohio State. You know, he just wanted to get out of high school, get his NIL money, and then wind up going back to one of the schools in Texas. And it did wind up being with the Longhorns. So I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what we're going to get here, but I know that you know there's a Sunday player in Xavier Worthy at wide receiver who had a phenomenal freshman season last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they obviously have Bijan Robinson, who also has his own Bijan mustard. I don't know I if you saw it, that.
4: Uh, Bijan's Dijon.
8: Yes. So uh, <laughs> interesting there, but. Look, I mean, this Texas offense looks like it's going to be pretty good. It's the defense that you worry about. I mean, they gave 57 points to Kansas last Mm -hmm. year. That's not a particularly good look. And also the Longhorns didn't have a single player drafted in the 2022 NFL draft. So there's still a lot of building that needs to be done on the defensive side of the ball. But if Ewers is the guy, I mean, this offense will be good. It's just a matter of how many points they need to score.
4: Viewers, his Heisman odds are 35 to 1 over at DraftKings. Bijan Robinson, 22 to 1. So that Texas backfield being highly touted. Sarkeesian, in my opinion, best play caller in the country from an offensive standpoint. This offense is going to put up a lot of points. If they can win enough games, maybe those guys are live to possibly upset the apple cart in the Heisman race.
8: Yeah, I mean, I think it would take a lot. But, you know, they're going to have the opportunity to put up numbers. It's not exactly a great defensive conference. And as I said, this may be a team that if they don't get to 40, they Mm -hmm. may have a tough time winning games. I still like Dylan Gabriel more in this conference coming from Oklahoma, and we may talk about that in a minute here with offensive coordinator changes, but you know, if Ewers is the guy, and he does have to go out there and put up huge numbers, the problem is, how much does B. John Robinson take away from him by rushing for 1,500 yards or something like that?
4: No, definitely. B. John Robinson, my opinion, the best running back in the country. No offense to your guy, Trayvon Henderson, over there at Ohio State, but you wrote about offensive coordinator changes and how this can impact things early on for some of these teams especially from a scoring standpoint. Uh five teams that changed offensive coordinators that you wanted to highlight. The first being Texas's Red River Rival, the Oklahoma Sooners with Jeff Lebby now there calling the plays.
8: How do you think that's going to impact the Sooners offense? Yeah, I think there were actually 63 offensive coordinator changes in college football. That's so almost crazy. half the teams in the country, but I isolated five of them this week in Point Spread Weekly. You can read this over at vsn.com as well. So for Oklahoma we know that the Sooners were explosive last year, right? 6.9 yards per play under Lincoln Riley, you know, and Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams. Rattler now at South Carolina, Williams now at USC. Mm-hmm. But Dylan Gabriel comes in here and he played with Jeff Levy as his coach down at UCF as his offensive coordinator. That's a very, very fast paced offense. Last year, Ole Miss was fourth in the country in terms of plays per game, Oklahoma was 107th. Now, part of that is because Oklahoma was very explosive. They scored from distance or they got close, stuff like that. But Lincoln Riley's offense was pretty deliberate. They had a lot of seconds between snaps. That will not be the case here with Jeff Levy's offense. So Oklahoma, while people may expect a drop-off not having Riley, they're going to play fast. I don't know how efficient they'll be. We'll find Mm -hmm. out. But Dylan Gabriel's got a 70-14 to career touchdown-interception ratio. I think Oklahoma's offense is going to surprise people by how good it is this season which is kind of crazy to say with how good they've been for a while. But mm-hmm. the flip side of that also is playing fast can hurt the defense. Yeah. So I think Oklahoma is an over team early on in the season. And that was kind of how I framed the article of offensive coordinators where you know we, we can kind of see what sort of impact it'll have on betting totals.
4: What are some other teams you want to highlight from the article,
8: which you make sure to catch at vcent.com because it's packed with a lot of good info. So Colorado State hired Jay Norvell from up in Reno uh, here in the state of Nevada. And Jay Norvell's offensive coordinator is Matt Mummy. His dad, Hal Mummy, created the air raid offense. Mm -hmm. So Colorado State goes from being kind of a balanced, pro-stylish type of offense to now being an air raid team. And they did get a transfer. I think his name is Chase Miller from Nevada. But it takes time to transition that much of your offense with a new coaching staff and all of that. So for Colorado State, they'll throw more. Clay Millen's actually his name. But they'll throw more. But that may also hurt the defense because you get more three and outs, the clock stops and incomplete passes, all of that. So I think Colorado State could be a bit of an over team. And obviously Nevada goes from the air raid to now more of a physical brand of football. UCLA's tight ends coach is now their offensive coordinator. And he said, I want to run the ball. I want to be physical. (laughs) dramatic difference from Nevada. And, of course, we'll see what they look like taking on New Mexico State here next Saturday. <laughs> sounds
4: like a strength and conditioning real coach. Real barn burner, by the way. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like a strength and conditioning coach. You're so excited you can't even get the words <laughs> I, out. I was emotional. You know, week zero, <laughs> eight days away. <laughs> what can you do? Uh, real quick, baseball, you're fading the Yankees tonight, and also you like the under and Angels Tigers.
8: Yeah, I like the under a little bit more until I realized Mike Trout was coming back today. But still love Patrick Sandoval against that Tigers lineup. So play the Angels, play the run line, play the under, however you want to play it. But I love Sandoval in that matchup adam burke veeson
4: betting analyst and writer over at VSon.com. great stuff as always we appreciate the time coming up next we wrap up the show with our guy chris andrews of the south point
3: Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice
0: remote.
5: You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Tony on Sin, the sports betting
7: network.
4: Welcome back. This segment of My Guys in the Desert is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches, the simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I don't know about you but there have been times in my life where i needed to make a change i needed i knew that i needed to make a change but i just wasn't ready quite yet i'm sure a lot of smokers and dippers out there can relate zen understands that there isn't one right time to make a change everyone's timeline is a little different everyone's on their own journey so whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step toward change zen will be there for you with the right strength the right flavor at the right time. If you're thinking about making a change and want to learn more today, check out Zyn Nicotine Pouches at zyn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back. This is the final segment of My Guys in the Desert coming to you from the Sin studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi and in for Stormy, Bon, and Tony. And joining us now to help close out the show our guy out at the South Point Hotel and Casino, Chris Andrews, the head sportsbook director out there at the South Point. Chris, we appreciate the time as always. We were talking in the break. You're a Steelers fan. How you feeling about this quarterback competition between Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, and Mason Rudolph?
6: Well, it's funny. The the fans at Pittsburgh really hate Mason Rudolph still. Um, <laughs> you know, I you know, I know he didn't play all that well so far, but I don't. The hate just seems a little much to me. I thought he looked really good in the first game that he played. I thought I thought he looked fine. I think Trubisky looks pretty good. I mean, let's not forget this guy had a hell of a rookie year. Uh, I remember that year he was big steam to win the MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kenny Pickett, I thought looked pretty good. So I think all those guys look pretty good. Now they have some great offensive talent at the skill positions that I think would improve any quarterback as long as the offensive line holds up uh, they got George Pickens they got Johnson they got Firemute they got Claypool and Najee Harris you know so I think the skill positions are fine if they get some play out of the offensive line I think the team's going to put up a few points in the defense while well, the defense is going to be great once again and I think they'll be right in the thick of the playoff hunt I really do
4: yeah they're catching two and a half against the Jacksonville Jaguars in their their next preseason game, total sitting at 42. Let's take a look at the other team in the AFC North, their rivals, the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, they got the news yesterday that quarterback Deshaun Watson has settled with the NFL. 11-game suspension, $5 million fine. Uh, Where did you guys move your numbers when this official announcement came out that now that we know Watson will be off the field for at least 11 games this season?
6: You know, Femi, I was looking at it, and, you know, the Browns, we've been all over the place. I was looking, we opened them to win the division at plus 180. Now, very tough division, of course. We've mentioned the Steelers. Uh, You got a defending AFC champion in the Cincinnati Bengals. You got the Baltimore Ravens always right there. But we had them plus 180 to start. We had them 10 to 1 to win the AFC, 20 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Now, since then, obviously, a lot of things happened, not very many of them good. We were up as high as thirty to one to win the AFC. Mm-hmm. We got bet on the fifteen. Somebody actually bet us a pretty good whack. Wow. We lose pretty good right now, and them to win the AFC. Just kind of keeping that in line. We are up to sixty to one with the uh, Super Bowl, and we're down to forty to one now uh, to win the Super Bowl. But we, you know, and by the way, we opened them twenty to one. I think I said that earlier. So we were all over the place there. Uh, season wins before the Watson thing came around, we had it nine and a half over a quarter. We're now at eight and a half under a quarter. That's really about a game and a half move. So it's pretty, pretty significant move on the, on the news about Watson. So uh, we've really been all over the place on this thing. And, you know, I guess we'll have to wait and see how it all all pans out.
4: And I know it's almost one of those things where we think the book is closed, but Cleveland could also go out and sign Jimmy Garoppolo if he gets released there. Are do you guys have a contingency plan for that scenario? If we end up seeing Jimmy G in Cleveland?
6: Well, we've definitely talked about it. Uh, I don't, I don't have anything, um, concrete. I, I'm in my head. I would probably think about a game, maybe a little bit less, uh, because he hasn't been in camp. He doesn't know the offense, mm-hmm. but Garoppolo is a good quarterback, a winning quarterback, but I do have to say, I like Jacoby Brissett. I don't think he's a, a one NFL starter, but I do think he's probably one of the top backups in the league. And I think the guy's pretty good. He's a smart kid. He's got some athletic abilities and, has a decent arm. Uh, you know, I'm always kind of like Jacoby Brissett. So, you know, I don't know. I think the drop-off is, listen, I think Watson was, you know, before all this stuff happened, was absolutely one of the best players in the league mm-hmm. you know, of, at any position. Uh, but, you know, he hasn't played in, what, what are we, at, like 580 days or something like that? Yeah. I think Brissett is a capable guy. So I I, don't, I wouldn't throw in the towel yet on the Browns. I think they're still going to be a viable contender. And let's not forget, the rest of the roster is very good.
4: Yeah, no, I agree there. It's one of the more talented rosters in the NFL. We're speaking with Chris Andrews, Sportsbook Director over at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Let's take a look at tonight's game in the preseason. Uh, How are the betters betting this Carolina and New England game? We've seen some steam get all the way up to six and a half total sitting at 39.
6: Yeah, I, I opened the Panthers two and a half. I'm now the Patriots minus six and a half, so a nine-point move. I know it's the preseason, but I mean that's a hell of a move. Femi. I mean, I got to tell you, and I know uh, information really drives the numbers in these uh, exhibition games or preseason, the NFL likes us to call them. But that is one hell of a move. But you know what? They're still betting me the Patriots. I, I mean, I might be at seven before it's all over. I haven't seen a whole lot of play on, on the Panthers, and we got what about a little more than an hour left.
4: It's interesting because I think the market is kind of in a push pull with this Saints Packers game later this evening, five o'clock yeah. kickoff out at Lambeau field. Cause we've seen three, we've seen two and a half. You guys are sitting at two and a half. I'm seeing some threes in the market, total 38 and a half. The market can't decide what it wants to do with this game. It feels like.
6: Yeah. Well, we're back to three. So we've been three, okay. you know, two and a half, three, three and a half back to three. So we're all over the place in this one. And, um, a lot of opinions and you, you know we don't always see that in these uh, preseason games usually once the word comes out on something and you know one of the uh, big outfits bets on them uh, it all goes that way but we've had some really good two-way action and right now as long as this game doesn't fall three i'm going to be in decent shape because we had a ton of business <laughs> on us.
4: what about the texans and the rams right now were the texans at your shop two point favorites with a total being at 38 and a half
6: you know, we opened this game three. The money did come in on the Rams. Yeah, I still don't think the Rams are going to play a whole lot of people tonight. Texans still looking to build a little bit of momentum to get them into the uh, regular season. But we did get a bet on the Rams plus a three. We're down to two. You know, at the two we are really writing pretty even business. Uh, you know, it's a late game tonight. It's 7 o'clock. I'm sure we'll write some pretty decent play by the time they kick off. But right now, once we had that original move, Not much interest in this game. The other two games are really gathering, uh, garnering a lot of interest, though. So maybe that's the reason why they've kind of ignored the late one. We have a full slate
4: tomorrow and then three games on Sunday. Of the remaining games this weekend, what's the most popular one? I have a sneaky suspicion it might be the Baltimore Ravens, despite Lamar Jackson not playing, because that 21-game win streak, man, they've been cashing tickets left and right for about five years now in the preseason.
6: Well, that's if you look at the ticket count, that's one of the bigger games. Uh, but the big money is on the Cardinals. You know, we opened the game. I think we opened at six and a half. We're down to we're down to five with the game. So the smart money's been on the Cardinals with the Jackson uh, announcement that he won't play. But I'm looking around. We have some other pretty big games on the slate. You know, Bills and Broncos. That's another game that's really uh, garnered a lot of interest. You know, the Broncos say they're not playing virtually anybody. Bills say they're going to play their starters for quite a bit. So the bills have uh, kind of rocketed up a little bit. Uh, we opened up five, they're up to six and a half, but so a good ticket count both ways in that game. Then the chiefs chiefs always going to get a lot of public money. we got public money there. Uh, not a big move though. We opened the chiefs. I shouldn't say that. We opened the chiefs three. We're up to five, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, we moved that game pretty quick. You know, in these preseason games, you have to move quicker than you would in the regular season. Like I said, just so information driven, uh, the information drives things m- more than m- the number itself, and you just can't let them you know, climb the ladder up and down. But uh, tomorrow night we've got a good game with the Chargers and Cowboys. That really is, yeah. right now, it's probably the highest ticket count of the day. and I expect uh, with the late game tomorrow, uh, those two very public teams, that- that'll probably be the uh, biggest decision. I don't know about decision. It'll be the biggest uh, handle of the day, though. Ooh, you guys
4: have three and a half in that game, total sitting at 37. It opened a pick at some shops, so the money is going towards the L.A. Chargers after we all saw 17 penalties from the Dallas Cowboys last Saturday. Uh, (laughs) Chris, I'm sure you're excited for college football coming up next week, week zero, eight days away. Um, It's going to be a fun time, man. Football's back, buddy.
6: Oh, I know. We were just going through our strategy today about scheduling and what are we going to do with parlay cards and what are we doing? with in-game we're going to have in- we haven't had in-game in a while i haven't had enough people but we'll have in-game back now starting next saturday and uh, you know like i said we're trying to get all our ducks in a row i'm glad we have a short schedule next week yes because uh <laughs> we need we need the practice i can tell you that <laughs> <Peppy>. we <laughs> need to practice so we're going to get it in next week with a short schedule
4: just like the nfl we all need a little bit of preseason, and we'll get
6: it with week zero
4: chris andrews sportsbook director over at the south point hotel and casino chris we appreciate the time we'll talk soon
6: All right, pal. Great talking to you, family. See you later.
4: Good stuff there from Chris Andrews. Gosh, fun show today. Felt like it was five minutes and the hour's already done. Thank you to Chris Andrews of the South Point. Thank you to Adam Burke, VEASAN, betting analyst and writer. And of course, thank you to our guy, Dave Ross, Vison host and host of the First Strike podcast who helped us break down the UFC 278 card tomorrow night in Salt Lake City. That does it for us here at The Circa. Good luck with all the bets this weekend. From me and Bebefe and our entire crew here at The Circle, wishing you all the best of luck. Coming up next...
1: slash iHeart.